super excited. I have um, Narissa Myers with me. She's uh, assistant coach over at Coppin State now, but has played at every level possible. She's um, an advocate. She is an athlete. She's a champion, all of the above. And so I'm super excited to, to pick your brain today and uh, spend some time just learning about you and what your thoughts are around leadership, around athletics, around women, barriers, Every, anything you can think of. So uh, thanks for uh, joining us today. No problem. I'm super excited to be here. Yeah. It's going to be great. For sure, for sure. So I always start with this question because it's, um, we talk a lot about how our women uh, tend to hold back their ability to talk about themselves, their accolades, all the things they've worked so hard to do. And, and so it's been a struggle for a lot of people to be able to do that. And I want to create a platform where our girls see women being successful at all levels, no matter what it is that they do. Um, so you've played at, you know, the amateur level, the college level, the professional level, uh, even the, on the international level as well. So I wanted to just kind of get an idea from you of uh, some of your accomplishments uh, that, you, that you've accomplished so far in your life. Oh man, when I um, when I saw this question, I was like, oh wow, I have to talk about myself. Like literally, that was the first thing that came to my mind. Um, but well, at UL, I was an All-American um, uh, champion in the National Pro Fast Pitch League, um, All-MPF Player of the Year, Offensive Player of the Year, um, All-MPF um, another time, um, went to Japan for World Cup with Great Britain, uh, had the number two batting average in the world. Um, won a lot in Italy. Um, so just, I mean, kind of like that. You're just, you're just a winner. <laughs> uh, well, I hope. You know. <laughs> That's awesome. And then you've also been a couple places for coaching too. So tell me a little bit about uh, some of your stops and where you've been on the coaching side. Um. Well. When I started, I got back in. I was a GA a little bit at UL, and then I went from there to um, George Washington. Um, and then I was in the travel ball world with Scrapyard and, and, you know, working with their travel ball team and also playing professionally with that organization. And then I left. So for the Olympic qualifiers in Europe for a long time um, <laughs> competing with Great Britain to try to go to the Olympics. And then um, when I came back, I came to Coppin, to not my Coppin. Nice, nice. And so, you know, as we we both mentioned how sometimes it's a little bit hard for us to um, praise ourselves a little bit or at least give ourselves some credit. Uh, I just, I'm just curious, like, why do you think that is? Why do you think we struggle with that um, to be able to do that for ourselves? Uh, I think growing up, People are told, or women are told, to be modest. You know, you, you know, carry yourselves a certain way. Um, your job is to listen. You know, speak all women spoken to, and, and even when you do speak, it's, you know, you have to have a soft voice. Can't talk too loud, especially as a black woman. You know, because then you're being aggressive, oh. or you know, your tone has to be, you know, it, it always has to be a certain way. So I think constantly hearing that. Um, you just naturally fall into that mold of, you know, ah, you know, I don't want to talk too much about myself. And, and even as an athlete, sometimes it's like, well, you know, my accolades should speak for themselves. I shouldn't have to continuously bring them up. So it's, it's on that scale. It's one is you're a woman, you're a black woman. So, you know, don't be too aggressive. Don't be angry. Yeah. And then on the other scale, it's like, okay, well, hopefully my accolades do speak for themselves, but sometimes 
they don't, you know, sometimes you do have to go out there and toot your own horn to get people to understand where you're coming from. Absolutely. That's that's a truly a great point. I think you pointed out two great things, uh, you know, trying to find that balance between the two and and then um, recognizing that uh, you don't have to fit into certain stereotypes in order to uh, to be a certain way, you know, and so I think that's that's uh, very important to hear. And so along the same lines, you know, what what drives like your ability to be vocal about race, about women um, in leadership positions? Um, you know, when I was younger, like, I did see African-American women, like, I saw Dominique Dolls, like, for when I was little, I wanted to, I wanted to do gymnastics, that's what I wanted to do, so that was the first avenue of sports that I ever did, and it was because of her, I saw her on that platform, I didn't know that she was at the Olympics, I was just like, ah, you know, this is short, her build is like mine, um, she was in sparkles, like, that's what I wanted to do. And then the next uh, brown person that I saw playing was Natasha Watley. Once again, didn't necessarily know it was the Olympics. I just knew at that time I was getting into the avenue of softball and she was playing a similar position um, that I was playing. And I'm seeing these people on TV. um, I think also so Ivory Latta, she was playing. um, She was playing basketball as point guard. Um, And so I'm like, okay, these people, you know, they're, there's a way to do it and they look like me and you know possibly I could do it so as I've gotten older I'm like okay um you know that's one thing I really want to do I I really want little girls to look and say you know what I don't have to you know go to the best program or or travel ball team I didn't really play travel ball that much um so there's a way to get there to get where you want to go without um having to take other steps you know what i'm saying like there's there's a way to get to the top of of the mountain and i wanted to for them to be that vision you know like if i can be that vision and i can show them like hey i'm not necessarily from california i'm not necessarily from all of these other places but i can still get to where you want to go um so i I thought that was very important for me and then i'm the oldest grandchild i have a lot of people under me and right now my little cousin how old is she maybe like eight now and she's you know she was a little baby on the journey when when um my other cousin Brianna and Cherry and I were at UL uh playing together and she got to watch us you know and then she also got to watch us in the pro league sorry my life was awesome no, that's cool. <laughs> I knew about that <laughs> um, she got to watch us in the pro league and you know, she's like, oh my gosh, I love Monica. Like, I want to be like Monica. But I'm like, if you, if I didn't have that avenue for you, you wouldn't know. You know, that that's, you wouldn't be as close to that. So, you know, she doesn't realize how big it is to be able, like, she came to our game. And she's like, Moni, can you come have a, um, a slumber party at my granny's house? You know, like, and I'm like, okay, like, this is, this is my why. Like, I, this is why I have to continue um, to do it. Um, so that's uh, one reason why I continued, uh, started, and then why I continued to go. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I love that. You know that that uh, see her be her, as as we've been saying mm-hmm. lately, is is uh, is very true. You know, it's it's. We I was asked the question the other day, like basically, why do I feel like maybe our African American athletes are not in softball? And so, you know, there's a lot of things that that kind of came up in that conversation. You know, whether it be, um, you know demographics, whether it be um, financial ability. But I think the reality is, is just that 
the exposure. Like there's just not a lot of people that they see that look like them, right? And so, you know, every every chance you have to be that example, even for myself, I'm not, you know, playing anymore, but if I can be that leadership role, that woman that's a boss, basically, you know, running yeah. her own thing and doing her own, you know, doing her own, uh, you know, advocacy work, it's, it's important. And, um, you know, I love to be able to have people on the calls who look like me uh, to be able to hear so our girls can hear it. So thank you so much for that. And so along the same lines of that, you know, <clears throat> everything is not always, you know, the greatest uh, experiences that you experience. And, you know, you do overcome, you do have, you do have to overcome some barriers and, and face some, some adversity. And so, you know, what, what were some ways that you kind of overcome, overcame some of your barriers? Um, do you mean as a woman or a woman of color? I mean, any, it, I, honestly, both. <laughs> um, you know, on, on one of the last calls I had this, uh, the presenter was asking me, you know, hey, you know, did you feel like at UL that you guys weren't getting as enough credit as you should have gotten um, from the softball world? Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, it wasn't so much from the softball world because, you know, even though we were a mid-major, we had created, you know, a lot of ruckus hitting-wise and, you know, yes. it seemed that we were climbing and, and getting ranked nationally, but that wasn't the issue. The issue was more so in-house. It was recognizing that you had, at the time, top 10 program with batting cages that were torn up. Mm. You had a top 10 program with all of these things that if you went to uh, a Stanford or if you went to an Arizona or if you went to other teams that were ranked nationally at the time, you wouldn't see all of this. Yeah. You know, and then you have our football team and all the guys teams who are, yes, they were creating revenue, but... You know, the only reason people really know you all is because we're on TV, you know, not because not because you guys are necessarily doing your job. Not to say any blows to the men right. by chance, because I think our, our baseball team was phenomenal, you know. Absolutely. They were great. But it was just like, you know, yes, we are women, but our we are we are filled to capacity every game at the time when low Teep was there you know we're bringing in the top ranked teams we're bringing in the michigans we're bringing in the arizonas we're bringing in the stanfords we're bringing in all these teams you know and we're winning and we're beating them and then we have i don't know i don't know what brand we had at the time but it was just that was the fight and and at that time i realized like you know what as a woman at the time i felt like there was you know, there's nothing we can do. What else more do you want us to do? You want us to be all Americans? We have all Americans. You want us to get high GPAs? We have high GPAs. You want us to bring in the big teams? We bring in the big teams. You want us to win? We win. Like, it was like, what else do you want? And that was one of the first times I think I experienced, you know, such a big difference. Yeah. You know, and, and then even understanding on a deeper level, like, uh, pay, the what Coach Mike was getting versus what you know this coach was getting and, and how much time he was putting into the program and right. like I was like this baffles me it was, yeah. it was just and he was pretty open about Title Nine and 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 in his fight with that and uh, especially with us right. because we're seeing it firsthand um, so maybe from like the naked eye it was seemed like oh maybe it was the softball world but really it was it's mainly in the house yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think that's a lot of the times the case. It's funny. I I, uh, I think about this a lot now being like a business person. And, um, you know, I, I actually have two examples of, of uh, facilities that I've worked with over the last couple of months. And it's interesting how in one facility uh, there is like a woman who's actually running it. And 
Um, it seems as though the opportunities are not being offered on that level. But then I work at a, a facility where the, the men kind of understand like, hey, we need to progress. We need to build each other up. Like we need this in our facility and how different they are and how they're pursuing and pushing uh, me to be better. And it's interesting, just the different dynamics. So I completely understand what you're talking about there. Um, and so when, when you talk about like barriers and having to overcome them, um, maybe talk to me a little bit about how mentorship has played um, into like your successes, your ability to reach your goals and overcome certain things. Um, I mean, for me, it's always important to have a, a core group of, of people around you. Um, and luckily, my cousin Brianna, like I said, was with me every step of the way. Like we're 11 days apart, went to the same high school, same college, played together in, in pros. So, you know, just her being another African-American woman with a different um, idea, like, because we love each other, but we're very different, you know, and <laughs> how we see things. So just our avenues on, on how we get to places and how we would discuss them was great. Um, and then having my pastor on on my side, like I never made a move without him. Yes. So if I if I had like a mentor per se, it would be him. Like if I made the decision to go from Akron Scrapyard, <clears throat> that discussion was always through him. If I made the decision to go from Scrapyard to here, Scrapyard to Italy or whatever, it was always a discussion um, through him, you know, to figure out what way is going to best work um, for me in future, yeah. you know, um, instead yeah. of just staying maybe status quo where I was, like, how, how do you continue to push yourself forward? Um, and then just, you know, there were times where, like, I wanted to, when I was doing community outreach for Scrapyard, I had the chance to talk to other African-American programs um, and just discuss them, you know, how did you get this started? Mm. You know, and, and ask I did ask Natasha, you know, one time, like, you know, how did you start the Natasha Wiley Foundation? Like, what does that look like? How do you, how do you do that? Um, so I, I didn't necessarily start it, but there were, you know, conversations with these people on like, how can I help the inner city youth? Because at the time I was going into the inner city, talking to these kids. I, I'd worked with Athletes for Hope about um, starting a little after. Um, after school program in the inner city to, you know, to help those people. So it was more like, Hey, like I want to help as much as possible. How? And, you know, talking to Natasha's talking to the other founder um, about, you know, how they did it and trying to get it, you know, trying to figure out a foundation for myself to yeah. be able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's awesome that you have those uh, resources and avenues. And I also think it's awesome that um, you want to do that for the inner city kids and the youth in general, you know, and, and I, I would say like when I first met you, I was, I was excited to, to first of all, see an African-American woman, you, uh, you know, with the Scrapyard Dogs, I actually worked at camp with you a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was like, man, that's probably the first time I even really like paid more attention outside of college, like, oh, there's actually like a pro league and like they're, they have, you know, women that are doing great things and, you know, getting paid professionally and to, to play and things like that. And so it was awesome to hear. And so I, I know personally, like just from following you and becoming, you know, pretty, pretty cool with following you on social media, how, how great of a job you've been doing. So, you know, I, I have commend you and I actually, you keep, 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 you. It, keep it up, you know, cause they need Thank it, you. Um, <laughs> you know, for sure. And so I'll shift gears a little bit because 
you talked about ULL a little bit and some of the barriers and things like that, but just, I'm just curious, what made you decide that that was the place that, uh, that was your fit for college? Um, you know, when Brianna and I were looking for somewhere to go, um, first of all, we didn't play, we didn't start off playing fast pitch. So that was like an avenue that was super new for us. And then basically we're really family oriented. Um, we're close knit. So we wanted a program that was similar to that. You know, we wanted a program that was more homey and not, uh, that was yes, business-like, but, uh, but a lot more homey. You know, you're going to learn from here. You're going to take everything that you have and you're going to apply it to life. Um, and if ever you needed to talk to these individuals again, you could, you know, um, so that's kind of what we were looking for. And I don't really know how they found us. It was something like we were playing and then somebody watched us and then somebody told him and then I don't know. But um, at the end of the day, when we went and looked at the campus and everything and we talked with some of the girls, it was it like, it felt like home. Yeah. So that's where we went. We wanted to go somewhere not too far away, but enough that we could grow up and come back home when we wanted to. Yeah. And our family could watch us and, we could compete at a really, really high level. So um, that's kind of how we, that's kind of how we got there, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about that transition from, um, I think you played slow pitch, right? A little bit into, mm -hmm. into, into fast pitch. Like how, how was that just in general? And, and I mean, to say that you've been able to accomplish things that you've accomplished, not having the foundation that a lot of these girls grow up having where they're spending all this time, money and energy, you know, in travel ball. Like, tell me, like, how were you able to make that transition and adjustment? Um, honestly, I was just blessed with athleticism. <laughs> like, I was, you know, um, I was super athletic. I wanted to learn. Mm. Um, I really wanted to be the best at whatever it is I was doing. So I saw it more as like a, a challenge. You know, I've never done this before. I went to like one practice and this girl was doing a windmill. I was like, oh my gosh, what, are they, you know, like, what is that? And then, um, you know, they were stealing bases. And like I said, I'd watch Natasha on TV, yeah. but I wasn't like, like super understanding everything that was occurring. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. um, like this girl's moving her feet in the box. Oh my God, like what? <laughs> so I think I was more in, intrigued about everything that was occurring. And naturally my ability to want to learn and want to grasp and want to understand just kind of took over. So the transition became a little bit easier. And then in slow pitch, I mean, pretty much everyone makes contact with the ball hard. So I'm like, okay, like, there's a lot more swing and misses, you know, here, um, you know, I'm having to, okay, this girl is stealing. Now I have to move. It was just a lot of moving parts. Um, so I think that was new, even going from slow pitch to fast pitch and then fast pitch to college, like understanding all of the moving parts and, you know, learning how to slap. I'd never slapped before. And in the middle of the game against Texas, Coach Mark was like, okay, you're going to slap. And I was like, what? <laughs> what? do What? And um, he was like, you're going to slap. We have to figure out a way to get you on base. And, you know, just me trying to learn and trying to understand, um, it eventually helped. And then by my junior year, I was triple threat doing everything. Um, so, I mean, the transition at first, I think, from fresh, from high school to freshman year, 
it was a lot. I was, yeah. It was like a lot of the first and thirds and okay, just bunt, slap, drag, whatever. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and um, then we ended up staying over the summer, my cousin and I and a couple of us, and we just dialed in. We were like, you know what? You have a different hairstyle. We're learning how to do this. I've learned more about my body and biomechanics and and watched film and from like the transition from high school to freshman year and freshman year to sophomore year were like super big jumps. There were yeah. super big jumps. And um, I think the transition was hard at first, just understanding constructive criticism, mm-hmm. understanding how much time I really needed to put forth. Um, you know, hey, like when I'm doing this stuff, am I actually dialed in or am I just doing the reps? Oh, you know, yeah, so it, all of that was new. Um, yeah. especially for somebody who's was naturally gifted with uh, athleticism um being able to hold myself accountable was new too mm. and say you know like did was I really locked in like did I really give my all like could I have gone and watched video this day like could I have took taken extra reps and you know I think like all of that as far as transition piece was like huge for me Absolutely. And it's funny, I actually created a a journal prompt because I'm trying to push this idea that uh, I know how to build champion athletes. And and we talk a lot about, um, you know, the physical side. Uh, We talk about the mental side as well. But the physical side, when we talk about it, it's not necessarily about um, what you do, but the intentions behind why you're doing it. You know, what is the purpose? What is the reason? So, you know, when you mentioned, you know, being present is what I got from, from your statement is that like, Hey, was I really in, was I all in at this moment? Did I take the time to dial in at this exact moment and not worry about what else is going on outside? And, and so that's awesome. And then, you know, like you said, the time that you put into it, like you just held yourself accountable. You were able to just put your head down and just drive. And and I love that. Um, and I, I'm just curious, uh, outside of the physical side, were there any other things that you maybe struggled with from moving from high school to college or even college to, to professional sports, like any social ish, um, adjustments, family adjustments, mental adjustments, anything that, uh, you kind of had to work through? Um, I think I'll say this first, whenever I was learning all of the other stuff with, um, you know, what comes with being an All-American, what comes with being a top player in college. Um, whenever I was learning that, I was also having to learn how to lead, mm-hmm. right? So lead at a level at which, I, um, how would I say? I was, I was learning how to lead other people and what yeah. they needed. Um, and I didn't want that responsibility. I'm not yeah. going to lie. I, I was a freshman. I had a lot of seniors around me that were pulling for me. But, and they were like, you know what, like you have this gift that not a lot of people have. And I know that you're struggling right now, but if you can just get past this, if you can get past this, like you're going to be great. Um, and so by my sophomore year, Coach Mike is like, look, you have to lead the infield. Like, and I started paying attention to when he called certain things. Why would, you know, why do you call it on this play and not the next play? And that way I could make the people around me better by letting them know or talking through to them. And then it was watching him and understanding how he treated everyone. Cause not everybody was the same, yeah. you know, like maybe I need to go in depth with you. Maybe I need to put a little fire under your butt, but maybe I need to talk to you a little more softly. Ooh. You know, like I was learning 
all of that right in one so i think that was really big for me to understand how how do i get the best out of my teammates you know like one i figured out how to get the best out of me but i can't win by myself so now how do i get you on the rope does that mean we go to lunch and we have a discussion about whatever or does that mean i stay after and we hit extra reps together and we talk about the game so that was a really big jump and he kind of just forced me like you're gonna like you're gonna you're gonna be the heartbeat you're the heartbeat like whatever he saw i don't know what he saw at the time but he was like you're the heartbeat here it is wow. you're 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 the silence assassin and i wasn't super like oh my gosh this isn't this that happened later but <laughs> um, <laughs> at the time in college i was uh, like hey you can talk to me or like let's get it now like let's go get it now so i think i i really really learned that um and then on top of that we read a, a ton of books mm. um a ton of books about mental toughness like we didn't we didn't have the um the person that you go to to talk about your problems um he was very old school in that aspect so it was more like sit down understand where you want to go how you're going to get there how to how to clear things out of your mind yeah um and then as i got older it was learning like hey maybe i need to meditate hey maybe i have to in order to get the the best out of myself i have to separate myself from family right now mm. i i did that a lot um, from from college to pro was separating myself from i can have this conversation with you in two days i cannot have this conversation now wow. um you know i can spend time I'm with you right now, but but I'm not in the right um, the or vibe. Or I'm yeah. not in the right headspace to be able to give to you, give to the game, give to whoever else I, I need to to give to. And that was learned later in life, like where I need to be and how I need to be with that. Um, but yeah, also just it's it's just a matter of learning, like mentally and and figuring out how to structure everything. So when I was in at AU, uh, Kat talks a lot about micro wins. I know she talks a lot about micro wins or page. So I just asked her, like, how do you balance? Like, how are you trying to balance it all? Because I know sometimes when I'm when I'm in grind mode, I'm in grind mode, mm. and that means a lot of a lot of don't get upset. This is grind mode. Um, but she was able to, you know, kind of balance family and and the and the grind and you know, also be a leader for her team. And she was just, you know, like little micro wins. You have yeah. to win here. And then when, like maybe you journal about this and you're winning there and then maybe you do other things there. So kind of just taking that from her and still like developing uh, oh, that part. Yeah. I don't know if I answered your question. But. No, you, uh, yes, uh, above and beyond, um, above and beyond. And you said so many great things. I'm like, God, I started writing stuff down here. I'm like, <laughs> This is all the things that like, I feel like athletes need to hear. I mean, from learning how to balance, like when I need to be able to focus on, you know, the grind in this moment and when I can then put that down and focus on family and recognizing that you can be upfront with both of those scenarios and both of those people in those situations um, in a way that's going to be beneficial to you first, right? Like, and, and, and you accomplishing the things that you want to accomplish. And, uh, you mentioned something about coach seeing something in you. Um, that's, that's something similar that happened to me. Like, I felt like growing up, 
sports was great. Like, I felt like I was good at it. You know, people liked me for it, but it wasn't until like my coach told me like, Hey, you see the game differently. Or my professor calling me boss lady. And I just met her like that week, like things like that, where people speak stuff into you, you don't realize like that people see that in you. Oh my gosh. When they can unlock that and affirm and affirm that in you, like sky's the limit. Right. And the last thing that I got from that is with all of our girls, I try to do like a personality test. We do a dispersonality test. Mm-hmm. And, and as you were talking about being a leader, first of all, we talk about how do I define, how do I f- define being a leader in a way that like is true and authentic to myself? Meaning I don't have to be this person that's always out loud, but like, how do I adjust it in a way where it's beneficial to me, but then I learn my teammates and help it be beneficial to them. Like you said, some of them you take to lunch, let's talk about it first, right? And then there's other ones you're like, hey, I'm gonna stay after, we're gonna hit this, we're gonna hit another bucket of balls. Like understanding and learning how to do that as an athlete is uh, a crucial part, I feel like, to how our athletes develop, how they grow, how they become better teammates and it's better themselves. So um, thank you for saying all of that. <laughs> no problem, no problem. Yeah, yeah. And so, I'm going to skip a couple questions because you basically nailed them. I do want to say first, though, that uh, I went to Gramlin and um, we did go to ULL. And that was probably the worst game of my life only because <laughs> y'all were so good. And I don't know if you might have been there when, I, you know, you're a little younger than me. But um, it was rough because, I mean, the fans, like from the fans to you guys doing well, to, it was just a struggle. Like, and we yeah. were never good anyway. But I love the atmosphere. I was always said to myself, like, when I was back in Louisiana, if I ever uh, stayed in Louisiana, I'd want to work at ULL because I would feel like that would be the atmosphere that I would want to be a part of, right? That yeah. heart knows, grind, but you have the support and fans uh, there that are going to like, I mean, it's like a nut, you're playing against a 10th person, like, you know, <laughs> basically. Uh, someone, um, someone asked me, they were like, where's your favorite place? Like, where's one of the favorite, your favorite place to have played? And I was like, well, I have two. Um, it's like, first off, UL was my absolute, I loved playing. Like, you're going to have to beat us at home with them? Okay. Like, sure, you try. Um, but, you know, but that was just that time where we had such a great rapport with our fans and it, Coach Mike and Coach Steph had such a great rapport with the community. So um, that's just how it went. And then when I played in Japan, um, it, everyone shows up them like you know like their girls are playing like if japan's playing usa japan's playing great Britain, japan's playing Canada, japan playing anyone Anybody. it is everyone is there they are ready you know and they're locked in they're oh it was just such a great atmosphere to see yeah um, and you know in hopes that happens at some point here in the u.s where you know a whole country can basically get behind you and say you know what we're going to be here. We're going to support you. Um, you know, we really want you guys to win, but just first off, we are here. Um, that's, that's kind of what you get in Japan. Like we are here. We don't care what it is. They can be wrestling. Like as a country, everyone was there and you could definitely feel it in the stadiums when you're playing them. I look forward. I look forward to that day as well. Um, and, and so, for someone who has been so successful um, on all levels, hitting, I mean, fielding, I mean, again, playing at, at all levels, uh, how do you how do you help define success or help our athletes define success when they're not necessarily uh, reaching the leaps and bounds that you've reached? Um, 
I'd say just, you know, the, like the small things like the micro wins, just under understanding that it's a process. Mm-hmm. And when I talk to my girls here, I'm like, it, you know, it's, it was never about a batting average. It was always about a sisterhood mm-hmm. and understanding the small thing that you have in the sisterhood and doing that really well, yeah. you know, because we don't work unless all the pieces are working. Like if you don't have, if you, if you don't go and talk to her about whatever statistic that's going on, then you won't know. And then we can't be successful, but she has to do her job well in order for you to know that, Yes. you know? Um, so we kind of talk about that and, and then we touch base on, you know, just being locked in first things first, you know, was I, am I here today? Was I locked in today? Um, am I making sure that I'm, I'm here for my why, whatever that why may, may be, because that's going to transfer into life. You know, you never know what job you're going to have, but you know, you you may start as a small clerk. You want to be the owner, but you have to start as as a small clerk. And then you have to understand why, what is my why? know where am I working to I have to I have to figure out my why to make sure I get up and then I have to make sure I'm present to make sure I do my work and then I have to make sure that I'm doing following the process in order to get to to where I want to go um so for them I would say just you know continuing to write down your why Mm -hmm. continuing to stay in the moment continuing to love you know love and and be happy and and grateful for the opportunity Um, and then all of those things filter into real world, you know, whether that's family or work or anything like it's, it's never really been about, Hey, you're an all American. It's been about how did you affect the girl to the left and the girl to your right? And, you know, how did you affect your coach? How, how did you leave that? Because then that's going to transfer to whatever it is you want to do next. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love it. I love it. And so I'm just going to touch on one more kind of this topic here and it's on confidence and, uh, you know, back to the very beginning of the question where we're talking about talk about yourself, right? Your accolades. And, and, and so I feel like our athletes struggle, um, a lot with confidence, uh, and, um, just curious, do you have any advice that we can use to help our athletes develop more or better confidence? Um, you know, I, I struggle with this one as well, not, not for confidence within myself, but to get them to understand. And so I always ask them, like, what are you confident in? You know, like, what, what are you confident in? Mm. And, you know, they'll tell me and I'll say, well, why are you confident in it? Because you're successful. You know, what makes you confident in that? And usually goes, well, because I am successful. Blah, blah, blah. And I say, okay, well, you always want to work really hard only thing that you're already successful at, but how hard do you work at the thing that you struggle with? Like how hard do you really zone in on your, your mental well-being? Because that's a part of the game as well, right? Half of the game is, or most of the game is mental. It's not even physical, not can you catch a throw? It's like, are you afraid to catch a throw? You know? Um, so like let's zone in. I try to get them to zone in on all of their weaknesses. Like, Let's put time and effort into those weaknesses because pressure only comes when you're, when, when you haven't done something over and over and over, then you feel pressure. Then you're nervous. Wow. You know, if I take a test, I'm nervous if I haven't studied enough. Mm. Uh, And that's what softball is. It's, you know, there's, oh, it's so much pressure. There's pressure. Pressure comes when you're unprepared. So if I'm, 
if I, if I can get my mental, if I can get my mental right and I can zone in and, and find the core issue, then that's a step towards confidence, you know? And then whatever it is, if, if I'm struggling fielding, if I'm, if I'm struggling running the basis, if I put more time, make sure that I'm present I'm putting time into those things and I'm actually doing them to the best of my ability. I say doing them right. Is it doing them to the best of my ability? Then that's a small step in the process to get better, which means now I'm more confident in that one area. Then I can, you know, continue to do that. It's just small things like that. And I think that young athletes, they're just like, no, I'm not confident. I'm not confident, but haven't really worked on whatever it is that's making them on like not confident yeah you know i say hey have you journaled today no have you have you have you read a book you know listen to a podcast today no yeah what about read a book no okay well right right you know that's gonna be hard because that's coming from your brain your brain is saying i'm not confident i'm not confident i'm not you can hit the ball right and then you come back to the box and the next box i'm not confident i'm not confident you know like that's a that's a mind issue yeah you know that's a mental issue and so if you're not working on that then it doesn't matter what I tell you it doesn't matter how many times you succeed physically we're not going to be confident absolutely how do how do we help our parents how do we what advice can we give to our parents to help our athletes develop better confidence like what should our parents be doing uh to help their athletes maybe build that confidence uh that you could think of You know, parents are always a difficult topic (laughs) because they're never, because they think that they know and they always want so, so much for their child, but they're not, sometimes they're not zoned into, you know, what their child needs or, or, or wants or, or how their child will develop. You know, they have like this preconceived notion of, oh, my child's going to do this, this, and this. Well, maybe your child doesn't want to wake up at 6 a.m. and go to weights. (laughs) You know, maybe your child wants to go to a d3 and you want your child to go to a d1 it's it's not saying that they're any different yeah. they're not different but you don't understand the time commitment that it takes to be at a d1 yeah or a d2 you know you know what i'm saying so first i think the the parents need to look in the mirror mm. and say hey am i doing this for me or am i am i doing this for for sally yeah you know and have that discussion with sally of what she actually wants and her needs and where she's seeing her her life go after softball and then i would say zone in they need to zone in on the podcast as well yeah you know like you need to to listen and have an idea of what constructive criticism looks like as well because those talks after games are going to seep into what they do in life um so i think that's important for them to understand and then i think the parents also need to understand the little wins and the micro wins and celebrate those things. Yeah. You can't always just celebrate the home runs. You got to celebrate the fact that your kid's a five-tool player and they just dropped a bunt down to move move the other person. And that's what coaches are looking for as well. Absolutely. So I, for me, I think the parents just need to do the homework just as much as the kids do. Oh my gosh. I love it. That was such a great answer. Um, And then my final one is because I just believe that if we can 
give these girls these tools that you're talking about today, you know, um, the balance, the accountability, the awareness, the confidence, the, you know, trusting the process, you know, the having a little swag, but uh, being yeah. humble, right? Uh, being leaders and understanding how to define that for yourself, like all those things, um, are the things that help our athletes own their power in the world, right? And I want her to own her power in the world. So could you give an athlete, what is one trait that you believe that athlete should have to own her power in the world? I'd say competitiveness. Mm -hmm. Like, I think if you know how to compete, whether it's on the field or on the field, that's going to drive hunger and hunger is going to get you to where you want to go. You know, I've never seen someone who's starving, you know, not want to go so, you know, not want to get some food. I've never seen that in my life. Sure. So um, just, you know, compete. I'm not saying that you have to, you know, dog it out. I'm just saying if you have in your mind, like, there's always a way to get better. I can get better. I can get better. I can learn. I can get better. If you always have that in your brain, then I don't really see how you can be unsuccessful. That's awesome. That's awesome. Great job. Um, and then since you said something about a podcast, I'm happy to, if you want to throw one out there that people should listen to. Um, I don't have one okay. out there. I, I do. There's a book called The Mindset. I yeah. think it's one of the greatest books ever. Um, it just kind of shows you contrast and in, in real life on having an open mindset versus a fixed mindset and what those things look like. So that's one of the books I really, really like. Awesome. I love it. Well, thank you so much. Um, this was great. This is awesome. Um, and I always, you know, find clips uh, from our interviews and I try to post them on social media. So you might get tagged in one of them. But uh, uh -huh. yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. No problem.